Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. Logos Rising. E. Michael Jones returns to Catholic Drive Time this morning. We're going to be talking about a history. Man's quest for that which is greater than himself. It's a history of the ultimate reality. The author, E. Michael Jones, is going to be on our program today. There's lots of stories in the headlines today I want to cover in the What's Concerning Us. Apparently in Canada, this happened in in California a couple of months back, uh, but um, in Canada, a judge orders that a a third parent be placed on a child's birth certificate. Third parent. Australian Catholics petitioned Vatican to remove their bishop over his stance on homosexuality. The birth rate plummets in the U.S. to... uh, Past 40, it's like a record low over the past 42 years. There's just so many stories that I want to jump into. France, I said this yesterday, I'm going to talk about it today. Generals warn of a civil war due to creeping Islamism. And Cardinal Ruini sees, sees a risk of schism in Germany after the Vatican's uh, no to same-sex blessings. Those are going to be the stories in the What's Concerning Us section today. But we will have, of course, you know, breaking news and stories, saint of the day, gospel of the day. And then E. Michael Jones is our guest. We're going to be talking about logos rising. Why it matters to you? Because the errors of our day have their roots in this. And so it's an important conversation. We're looking forward to that. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning. E. Michael Jones, he was great last time we had him on. So I'm looking forward to that. And do you know what the E stands for? We do. Uh, we looked it up, but I've since forgotten. <laughs> and I remember Adrian looking at it and go, yeah, if I had that first name, I'd go by my middle name, too. That's <laughs> Eugene? I, Eugene, that's what it was, Eugene. Yeah, but we're not judging, right? There's no judgment on Eugene's. Eugene's is perfectly fine. At any rate, E. Michael Jones is our guest. Speaking of uh, awkward, Adrian Fonseca is here, dressed appropriately today, apparently. What do you mean, dressed appropriately? Was I was yesterday not not an appropriate attire? Um, I don't know. What? It looked perfectly you, normal to me. How did you feel about yesterday's attire? I'm just curious. I, I thought I looked amazing. I was wearing a <laughs> wonderful poncho and my uh, the the hat of my people, the the sombrero. So you know, <laughs> Your people. I asked Jesus. He said they didn't wear them, but okay, all right, whatever. Um, Praise be to God. But your grito was amazing, I have to admit. It was very talented and very well done. So uh, hopefully we'll get that on a button. We can play it whenever we need to. Let's not say we did. <laughs> <laughs> Praise be to God. I did. We did ask around. We've, we didn't find all that many people who celebrated uh, Cinco de Mayo. However, my daughter told me yesterday that our neighbors, our neighbors uh, who are immigrants from Mexico, they said they apparently ce- celebrated Cinco de Mayo. Oh. They didn't say how, though. So at any rate, praise be to God for that. I took a poll on my Instagram, and I had about 40 people tell me that they celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Seriously, wow. 40 people. So there you go. That's kind of significant, actually. There you go. Wow. Hmm, that's a little way more than I thought. Where were they yesterday? <laughs> Where were they? <laughs> Not they listening were, to us. They were celebrating yesterday, obviously. All right. Uh, so much to jump into, and I'm sure there's nothing but great news in the headlines today. Uh, Emily, you probably have... Just all sunshine and uh, fluffy bunnies to, to report today, I'm sure. I'll cover all the negative stuff in the What's Concerning Us. How about that? 
Okay, sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Yep. <laughs> All right, E. Michael Jones will be our guest, and let's pray for whatever your needs are, uh, whatever's on your heart, whatever your intentions. Of course, you can comment with them uh, if you'd like, if you're hanging out with us on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. We're also able, you can watch live right on our website, by the way, and comment there, too. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or saw thine intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. A California man was charged with arson on Tuesday in connection with a fire that ravaged an historic mission church in Los Angeles County last July. Mission San Gabriel Arcangel, a church founded by St. Junipero Serra in 1771, suffered a devastating fire during the early morning hours of July 11, 2020. The fire destroyed the church's roof and interior. The alleged arsonist, 57-year-old John David Corey, was charged in a Los Angeles criminal court on Tuesday. Corey now faces two felony counts of arson of an inhabited structure and one count each of arson during a state of emergency, first-degree residential burglary, and possession of flammable material. He was known at the mission and had a history of conflict with mission staff. According to the San Gabriel Fire Department, Corey had already been arrested and sentenced to three years in prison for an unrelated incident when investigators pegged him as a person of interest in the Mission San Gabriel case. The mission was the fourth mission founded by St. Junipero Serra, a Franciscan priest who helped to convert thousands of native Californians to Christianity. The Archdiocese of Los Angeles, in a statement provided to a Catholic news agency, called the mission an historic cornerstone and spiritual heart of Los Angeles and the Catholic community. The Democratic Republic of the Congo has seen an increase in attacks that target Christians in what a Catholic bishop in the Central African country has described as a path towards Islamization. Bishop Melchizedek Sikuli Paluku of Butembo Beni spoke to the pontifical charity Aid to the Church in Need International discussing the abduction of Christians and the widespread construction of mosques in the country. Bishop Paluku said that those behind the persecution of Christians have a grand scheme to Islamize or expel the local populations. The victims were given the choice between death and conversion to Islam. Since the beginning of April, a wave of demonstrations calling for an end to insecurity have taken place in the DR Congo. Justifying these protests, Bishop Paluku said, They have every right to demand security, every right to demand freedom. We simply urge that this should be done with respect for the law, peacefully and without violence. The people, the bishop said, are protesting what he describes as the completely ineffectual nature of the United Nations peacekeeping mission amid heightened conflict. And a priest in Mexico managed to reach the scene of the accident on a metro overpass shortly after it occurred on Monday evening giving general absolution to the victims. Father Juan Ortiz said, I got as close as I could at a safe distance. I prayed for the dead, for the injured, and gave general absolution. The elevated metro line with two passenger cars fell onto a road on May 3rd. At least 24 people were killed and over 70 were injured. Father Ortiz said he was paying for his purchase at a nearby supermarket when the power went out twice. 
He said, quote, I finished paying, and when I left, the street was already closed and patrol cars were there. In fewer than five minutes, I came upon the scene, could see the dead were being taken out on stretchers. The priest lamented that the accident was foreseeable since local residents had reported that the metro structures had been damaged by the earthquakes that struck Mexico in 2017. The Catholic Church allows priests to grant general absolution to the faithful who are in imminent danger of death, and even though a priest or priests are president, present, they have no time to hear the confession of each penitent. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Thursday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Maria Catalina Turiani, pray for us. Uh, Blessed Maria Catalina was born on the 19th of January, 1813 in Italy. She was the third of four children born to Tommaso and Teresa. Her mother died when Maria was just six years old. She became a Franciscan tertiary dedicated to the teachings of St. Francis and to the care and education of girls. She became a Franciscan nun, taking the habit on the 8th of December, 1829, and taking the name Sister Maria Teresa of St. Rose in honor of St. Rose of Viterbo. She became a missionary to North Africa, and in 1852, the Apostolic Vicar of Egypt requested a Franciscan school for poor girls be established in Cairo. Maria and four other sisters met with Pope Pius IX on the 4th of September, 1859, to offer themselves in service, and he gave them their blessing. The sisters and Father Giuseppe uh, Moden arrived in Cairo on the 14th of September, 1859, to begin the work, and in July 1868, the group received approval as a formal congregation under the name Third Order Franciscan Sisters of Cairo. They were later renamed the Franciscan Missionary Sisters of Egypt, and in 1950 were renamed again the Franciscan Missionaries of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. From the day of their founding until the day of her death, Sister Maria served as Mother Superior to the group, and Pope Leo XIII always held her in high regard. She would pass on the 6th of May, 1887, in Cairo, in Egypt. She was beatified on April 14, 1985, by Pope St. John Paul II. Blessed Maria Catalina Troiani, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 15, verses 9 through 11. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father loves me, so also I love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Augustine would say, this then is the source of our good works. Our good works proceed from faith, which worketh by love. But we could not love unless we were loved first. I love this, this, this combination here in this passage between obedience and joy, uh, God's love and our, our willingness, our determination to remain in that love. You know, uh, St. Paul would famously say that nothing could separate us, right, from God. Nothing could cut us off from his love for us. That, but that doesn't mean we can't commit mortal sins. 
That doesn't mean we are we are somehow prevented from doing the stupid things that would cut us off from grace. And you know, potentially, if we died, if we died in a state of mortal sin, then we would go to hell. That's the teaching of the church. That's reality itself. And yet, God still loves us, and He gives us this very clear warning. And I wonder how many times we have ignored this. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. I think we pay attention to you will remain in my love, and we ignore the if you keep my commandments part. Jesus, especially in John's gospel, makes it very, very clear that he has come to do the will of his Father. That he would not let the, he would not uh, allow himself to ignore what he has come to do, to suffer, to die for man's sins. I mean, John 12 makes that super clear. There's so many references throughout, all through the, uh, the upper room discourse, going into, across the valley of, of Kidron, into his agony, into his passion. He has come to do the will of God. He is going to remain faithful to that. And he's saying to us that we have to do the same. Hadock would say, This frequent admonition of keeping the commandments proveth that a Christian's life consists not in faith only, but in good works. Now, so how many times have you heard someone preach faith alone? And yet we are told right here, we have to keep the commandments. How many times have you heard people just emphasize, well, God is merciful. God, you know, love wins every time. He says right here, if you keep my commandments. Have you, how many times have you heard someone say, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. And yet Jesus says right here, if you keep my commandments. But then we go to this joy element. And Augustine would say this, And what is Christ's joy in us but that he deigns to rejoice on our account? And what is our joy, which he says shall be full, but to have fellowship with him? He had perfect joy on our account when he rejoiced in foreknowing and predestinating us. But that joy was not in us because then we did not exist. It began to be in us when he called us, and this joy we rightly call our own, this joy wherewith we shall be blessed, which is begun in the faith of them who are born again, and shall be fulfilled in the reward of them who rise again. St. Augustine has a powerful point here. This joy that we are given, this joy, this opportunity to have complete and perfect joy, rests in the love of God for us and our willingness to be determined to remain in his commandments. You can't just say, I believe, and then that belief not transform your life. Your belief, your faith, must lead to a total transformation, to be born again to the sacraments. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come right back, and we're going to do a What's Concerning Us. Praise be to God. So much to talk about. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. Headed your way. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. 
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It is good to be on with you again. Again, I want to thank realestateforlife.org, realestateforlife.org for generously underwriting a portion of our program, connecting buyers and sellers of homes, people trying to either buy or sell a house, in support of pro-life organizations like ours. And we're very grateful to them for their support. Realestateforlife.org is their website. Uh, there are several stories in the headlines that I want to jump into, and I'm sure the team ha- might have others that they want to discuss as well. But coming up in about 20 minutes from now, E. Michael Jones is going to be on our program again. We're going to be talking about Logos Rising, sort of the, the source. It's a study. His book is a study. It's a history of ultimate reality. It's uh, it's kind of heady in many ways, metaphysical, philosophical. But at the same time, it's the, it's the cause, the root of all the evils and the errors we see in society today. And so there's a great benefit to try to better understand that, uh, especially if we're going to try to have an impact on society before we die. Praise be to God. So E. Michael Jones is coming up shortly on the program. Uh, there are There's a lot of headlines here. U.S. US birth rates plummets to lowest record in the past 42 years. Now, why is this important? Because a culture cannot continue on. A culture cannot continue on unless it produces children. So all throughout the West, in Europe in particular, Italy is a great example. They are below the birth rate that allows their society, their their people, their culture to continue down the road in the future. France is in the same boat. England, all of them. So what happens when that happens? Well, who whoever, the migrants who move in and have kids, they get to have the future. It'll be their culture. It'll be their society. And that's what we're seeing also in America now. So interesting article through the LifeSite News, LifeSiteNews.com. We're trying to get uh, John Henry Weston back on the program. They just got banned from Facebook, you know. So they were they got banned on YouTube, banned on Facebook. We got to get them back on to have a conversation with them. Because the other thing I want to talk about in uh, Canada with John Henry Weston, you know, there's so many things going on in Canada that seem crazy. Censorship, we talked about that. I think it was yesterday or something. But there's a new article out, and this is published by CBC.ca. It says, British Columbia judge orders second mother declared a third parent to a child. So we talked about a story similar to this in California a couple of months ago where they had, I think it was three fathers on the birth certificate. Well, here we have two mothers and a dad, I think is the deal. Um, really disturbing 
And this is part of the reason why we've invited E. Michael Jones on. This is one of the errors in society that we are seeing and is becoming commonplace, more commonplace every day. We have to understand why, what is causing this, and what should we do about that? And Jesus is the answer. There's no question. But let's jump into a couple of stories that I think are, uh, need conversation. The Gatestone Institute, gatestoneinstitute.org, has published an article called, uh, the headline goes like this, France, generals warn of civil war due to creeping Islamism. The article starts off, a group of retired generals has warned in an open letter that France is sliding toward a civil war due to the government's failure to control mass migration and creeping Islamism in the country. The letter, which was uh, which which has broad public support, according to polls, also warns against cultural Marxism, runaway multiculturalism and the expansion of no go zones in France. The warning comes amid a wave of jihadist attacks, including the beheading of a schoolteacher committed by, a young men, by young men, none of whom were previously known to French intelligence services. The letter also comes after widespread public indignation over a French justice system compromised by political correctness, as evidenced by the refusal to prosecute an African immigrant from Mali who, who while shouting Alu Akbar, killed an elderly an elderly Jewish woman by breaking into her home and pushing her off her balcony. This article goes on to actually post the entire letter from these generals that was sent to the French government. This is very concerning. We've been seeing more and more reports uh, out of France. Churches burned down at alarming rates. And you know what's strange about just on that front is in almost every case, there is some, well, you know, hey, it was we not arson, it was an accident, it was this, it was that. But yet, we see a sharp increase in the amount of church fires just in the past couple of years. And there's always, an, it seems like there's always an excuse. Am I wrong about that, Emily? No, yeah. Um, it's so strange because clearly, and like, it usually comes out later once the news has died down. People will be like, Oh, by the way, this was arson, but don't worry about it. We've moved on. Yeah, the, the, the statistics here are insane. Like the fact that churches are constantly being destroyed in church, like, I mean, in France, and they're, many people think they're headed towards a civil war in France. I'm not sure exactly what, I'm, I'm not familiar with all the politics in France, um, but they're not in a good place right now. So we definitely need to pray for France and pray for our own country as well, for our own home nation, because we might be headed that way as well, honestly, with all of the church um, sacrilege that's been going on, like these statues constantly. There's this one statue, I think the one in Texas, that as soon as they clean it off, it just gets um, spray painted again. Like we are also facing on, on a minor level, not maybe not as bad as in uh, Islamic countries. We're facing persecution as well, and we're facing attacks as well. Um, so that's concerning to me. And then my concerning headline that I have is I'm not sure what's going on here, but uh, Pope Francis is doing his rosary marathon this month, which I celebrate. I'm so happy he's doing it. The rosary so powerful. Um, but apparently when they did the rosary in St. Peter's Basilica, Pope Francis sent out a note that the canons of the basilica were not allowed to enter the church for the rosary. <laughs> so uh, me- it says Mesa in Latino reports something from Il Messaggero, which I guess is an Italian news source. They posted the letter 
the Pope forbids canons to enter St. Peter's um, orders from superiors. And they had to read this out loud. The canons were super confused. So Catholic News Agency is seeing this as a sign of possible reform, maybe. I, I think that those are some rose-colored glasses there. I'm not sure why that happened. I'm not familiar with the canons, so I don't know if they need to be reformed or what the deal is with that. But I just thought that was very strange. Yeah. There are a lot of strange things going on around our world. We better be paying attention to all of this. There's another... Uh, for instance, here's another one. Tennessee police officer responds to call and is hit with ambush in apparent setup. Um, they received a 911 call that there were shots fired in a domestic uh, situation. So he and another officer show up to be greeted by uh, a, a person with a rifle shooting at them. And then the person commits suicide. It's, it's, we live in bizarre times. There was a video the other day of a woman in a traffic stop berating the police officer, calling him a murderer. And, um, you know, it's just, we, and he wasn't at all rude. He was Mexican, too. He wasn't rude. Right, that was he wasn't, he, You know, he wasn't uh, being uh, brutish in any way. I mean, he, he, he was very tolerable. <laughs> he was much more uh, patient than I possibly could be. I know. I mean, it's crazy. We live in, we live in really upside-down world now. Here's another story out of the National Catholic Register. Cardinal Ruini sees risk of schism in Germany after Vatican's no to same-sex blessings, says Cardinal Ruini, who was Rome's vicar general from 1991 to 2008 and president of the Italian Bishops' Conference for 16 years, said that, quote, people certainly can be blessed, but because they are converted, not because they are confirmed in their sin, unquote. The article goes on to say that Cardinal Camillo Ruini had said that he is praying there will be no schism in Germany as priests and bishops in the country announce their disagreement with doctrine from the Vatican saying the church cannot bless same-sex unions. Here's the point to bringing this up. So, in, in Germany, we see an active element of the bishops there pushing towards these schismatic ideas. And even though Pope Francis has warned them not to, they still do it. So, okay, we see that. And then in France, like I said, they they could be on the brink of civil war. As a society, um, they could be on the brink of a civil war, and Islam could be taking over in the eldest daughter of the church, France. You go to Australia, another National Catholic Register story. Australian Catholics petitioned Vatican to remove their bishop over his stance on homosexuality. It says, Catholics from the diocese um, Paramata in Australia have submitted a formal appeal to the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, calling for the removal of their bishop over his apparent support of same-sex relationships. The complaints are also seeking the removal of the diocese's vicar general and its executive director of Catholic education. Their appeal, which follows multiple multiple petitions that have received thousands of signatures, accuses Bishop Vincent Long Van Nguyen and his vicar for education in the diocese, Father D'Souza of uh, and Father D'Souza of causing scandal by promoting in diocesan schools teachings on homosexuality that contradict church teaching. Um, I, this to me is evidence that there is a great crisis in humanity, a great crisis in humanity that we must be paying attention to as Catholics. And I believe there's an answer to this. And E. Michael Jones is part of the reason why we have him on today was to talk about these errors and what we're supposed to be doing about them. Here's another story. This one came from Gloria.tv. 
en.news. With female bishop, in air quotes, Cardinal preaches about last God. Stockholm Cardinal um, in Sweden and a female bishop of the Protestant Uppsala Diocese. I don't even know what that is. They, they're preaching together apparently in a uh, sort of a retreat on coronavirus. This is the type of thing that we're talking about. You don't have to be an uber-trad Catholic to, to see that there are so many grave problems and errors in our culture and our society. And where the church goes, so does society. So a renewal of faith, uh, a determination of, of the mission of our, of our calling, our church, to evangelize the world, to seek the lost, and to bring about converts and make disciples of all nations. That is, our, that is our mission. And the only way we can prevent schisms in the church, schisms in Germany, or, or civil wars, is what our gospel today tells us to do, to keep his commandments, to abide in him. If you would abide in me, then you will keep my commandments. Those are the words of Jesus Christ. It's pretty simple. It's not complex. You know, but what does that mean? Well, it means that truth is a person. It's not just some abstract concept. Love, God is love. God is not some good feeling. God is not how I feel today versus how I might feel tomorrow. Love is a person. That is God. First John chapter 4, verse 8. And all of these errors we see in society, all of them, it starts with us, Catholics. It starts with us. Do we know and understand our faith? Are we perfectly uh, given our will over to, to do the will of God the Father? Or have we made our determinations to do whatever we want, however we see fit? Do we pick and do we choose? Are we cafeteria Catholics or are we just Catholic? Are we liberals? Are we conservatives? Are we Republicans, Democrats? Or rather, are we Catholic? And does that decision, does that commitment have a transformative effect in our life? It ought to. And the gospel calls us to that today. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. Breaking news and stories with Emily. And then E. Michael Jones is our guest. Logos Rising. The Roots of Error in Society at Large. That's the conversation, and it's coming up next after this break. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, I accept some of the things the church teaches, but I could never embrace the entire creed because... There are some things in it that I just don't have any use for. G.K. Chesterton says, You might as well say that there's a great many things in the Encyclopedia Britannica that you don't have any use for. The church, like the Encyclopedia, is meant for everybody, and not just for you. It is meant for everybody, which just happens to include you. The Catholic Church is a combination of things that are nevertheless one thing. We cannot accept only part of it without rejecting all of it. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at www.chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. 
They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today's Thursday, May 6th, and these are your headlines for today. New federal data published on Wednesday revealed that the U.S. total fertility rate fell to its lowest recorded level last year, and the number of births was the lowest in 42 years. According to the CDC, the total fertility rate in the United States dropped 4% from 2019 to 2020, reaching a record low. The general fertility rate and overall number of births also declined by 4% last year, with the number of births at its lowest since 1979. The total fertility rate and estimate of the number of births that 1,000 women would have in their lifetimes was only 1,637.5 births per 1,000 women in 2020, well below the replacement level. W. Brad Wilcox, senior fellow at the Institute for Family Studies, said that we could be on the cusp of a major demographic shift or almost like a demographic earthquake here in the United States. The U.S. fertility rate is actually lower than Japan's in 1988, Wilcox noted. Japan's fertility rate went on to drop precipitously after that year, he said, affecting a demographic decline with around a million more deaths and births in recent years. Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida is on the verge of enacting a first-of-its-kind law placing strong limits on social media giants' ability to discriminate against conservative speech online. The legislation, which has cleared both chambers of the state legislature, would forbid social media platforms from intentionally deplatforming any candidate for a pending election. It would recognize free advertising provided by a platform to any candidate. It would require platforms to apply its censorship, deplatforming, and shadow banning standards in a consistent manner, and would require platforms to inform users of rule changes before enforcing them, as well as requiring platforms to inform users if they have been shadow banned among other uh, items. Big tech's suppression of conservative speech has been a topic of growing concern over the past year as Google, Facebook, and Twitter appointed themselves arbiters of misinformation pertaining to COVID-19 and election fraud. And a Lutheran pastor has warned that the German church's synodal path is the wrong path that is forcing the Protestantization of the Catholic Church. In a letter sent over Easter to the German monthly Vatican Magazine, Lutheran Reverend Alexander Garth of St. Mary's Church in Wittenberg said he was observing with concern both the Synodal Path and Maria 2.0, a movement with similar goals. He said, quote, The democratizing of a national church always means that a populist minimal Christianity becomes the ecclesial standard leading to the entire church being banalized and the gospel diluted. Such reformers in the Catholic Church, Reverend Garth believes, should become Protestant, as in the Protestant churches you will find everything you're fighting for, he said, women priests, synodal constitution, married priests, and feminism. But he warned that the spiritual and physical state of the Protestant church is much worse and the repercussions of secularization still more devastating than in the Catholic church. The Catholic church in Germany is over halfway through its highly controversial two-year synodal path that is expected to end in February of 2022. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Thursday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date. And thank you, Glory and Shine, gloryandshine.com, for generously underwriting a portion of our program 
Glory and Shine makes a family-owned company, Catholic family-owned company. They make uh, personal care products, and we're just very grateful for their generous support of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is their website. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is E. Michael Jones, Dr. E. Michael Jones. He's the author of a book called Logos Rising and a History of Ultimate Reality, but put out by Fidelity Press, a press which he founded. Good morning to you, Dr. Jones. Good morning. Good praise, to be here. Praise be to God. It's good to have you back on our show. Last time we talked about revolutions and uh, and their uh, the fruit of the revolutions in society, and we wanted to continue that conversation with uh, Logos Rising. Now, you, you've gone through a fair bit of, of censorship in your life, in your work, especially uh, recently. Uh, do you would you say Logos Rising got you in more trouble than even the uh, uh, your book on the, the spirit of Jewish revolution? No. No, not at all. Uh, the Jewish Revolutionary Spirit uh, was the big book in terms of censorship. Uh, it offended a powerful group. Uh, uh, by the way, the second edition is coming out. It's been out for 12 years now, first edition, and nothing that I said uh, has made me, given me pause. Uh, it was right on target then. It was ahead of its time, and now it is part of what's going on right now. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, the Jerusalem Post accused Sean Hannity of being an anti-Semite just the other day. <laughs> oh, wow. If there was ever a man who spent his time licking the boots of powerful <laughs> Jews like Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, it was Sean Hannity. Um, so we're in the middle of a moral panic right now, where, uh, like the Salem witch trial, where anybody can be accused of witchcraft, except the modern witchcraft is known as anti-Semitism. Mm. But no, Logos, it does have relevance to what, to Logos rising, because Logos, the center of that book, um, is, uh, the, the great moment of, of evangelization in human history, which is basically when St. Paul gets expelled from the synagogues. Mm. The Jews were determined that this message was not going to get out, and they did everything within their power. It's all in the Acts of the Apostles. We're reading it now at Mass, uh, where they, the, the uh, Sanhedrin comes to people like Paul or Stephen, and they say, well, you're not allowed to mention that name. Well, that name is Logos. Mm. <laughs> we're talking about the Logos incarnate, and they don't want that word to spread. And so it led to a crisis in the Catholic Church at that moment. Paul simply could not get into the synagogues anymore. Yeah. And that at this moment, uh, he has a vision, and there's a man. He's in Ephesus on the, uh, on the uh, Aegean Sea, and he sees a man from the other side beckoning him, telling him to come over. Well, that's Greece. Uh, Paul could. Peter couldn't. Peter, Peter didn't speak Greek, but Paul did. Mm. And so Paul went over there. Uh, and this is the this is the moment we have to be able to speak to the Gentiles now, and the Gentiles speak Greek, and so he goes over there, and he has this big moment uh, in Athens at the Areopagus, and he stands up there and he says, "I want to tell you about this man. Uh, this man rose from the dead." And at that point, everybody says, "Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk to you some other time." And he wa they walk out. He failed. This was the first speech that he made to the to the Greek Greek world, and he blew it. Mm -hmm. And why did he blow it? Blow it because he couldn't address their concerns. This is a new group of people. You can't start off the way Saint Matthew did by giving a genealogy of Hebrew uh, uh, Hebrew genealogy because they don't know who these people are. 
And I'm saying in my book, the center of my book, uh, Logos Rising, is basically that I think St. John was aware of this. Mm. Uh, St. John uh, knew about the failure at the Areopagus. He knew that this was a new era. He knew that they had to uh, have a new way of approaching the the uh, Greek-speaking Gentiles, and so he came up with the prologue to his gospel, which is one of the most profound statements in human history, and it's a turning point in human history. So he says, en arche en ha logos. In the beginning, there was logos. Now, we translate it, in the beginning, there was the word, and that makes it completely incomprehensible. I'm sorry. I've read it for my entire life, and if you use the word word, it's going to be incomprehensible. I don't know what that means. I have to use the word logos. That's why I use it, because only that word has the richness that you need to understand what John is talking about here. He's drawing on an entire tradition of Greek thought, Greek philosophy, that began when they decided, the uh, people like Thales, uh, 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 physicists, decided they wanted to understand the ultimate reality. Was it water? That's what Thales said. Was it air? That's what Anaximenes said. Uh, when Heraclitus said it was fire, he then also said it was logos because fire is like energy and logos is an abstract principle. And this was the beginning of abstract philosophical thought. And St. John and God, I mean, we're talking about God here, okay? The Holy Spirit is the author of scriptures. But through St. John, God validated Greek philosophy. He honored what they had done because it was an honest attempt to understand ultimate reality. And that's the word that John used. So in the beginning, there was logos, kai logos and prostheon, and logos was with God, and logos, kai logos and theos, and logos is God. Logos is God. This was an incredible breakthrough in thought. And those last two sentences would be food for thought for the next 300 years because they are the root of our understanding of the Trinity. It took uh, 300 years to the Council of Nicaea before they figured out exactly the relationship between God the Father and God the Son. So this is why this this word is important, and this book is about basically the whole, if the Jewish revolutionary spirit is about logos, anti-logos, this is the opposite side of the story. This is the history of logos. And I couldn't have written the Jewish revolutionary spirit without using the word logos, because when the Jews rejected Christ, they rejected logos, and when they rejected Logos, they became revolutionaries. And that's what they've been ever since. As long as there are Jews, there are going to be people who are rejecting Logos. So this is the other side of the coin. This is the history of Logos in itself and how that enabled the culture that we have today. E. Michael Jones is our guest. Dr. E. Michael Jones wrote this book called Logos Rising, A History of Ultimate Reality, and we're going to get ready to go to a break right now, so we will hold that thought, but we're having a conversation on the other side of this break. I want to get into uh, sort of uh, even even ancient man's recognition of something greater than himself and the the, the the revelation that comes over time and how that affects the errors in our day. The things that we see in the headlines today and every day. That's the conversation on the other side of this very short break. Dr. E. Michael Jones is our guest. All right, so don't go anywhere. Have drive time. Be right back with a lot more headed your way.
We all have someone who drives us crazy. One minute monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Saint Benedict can be pretty strict with monks who cause trouble, and in his rule, he even provides that someone can be shut out from the community's meals and prayers. At the same time, however, he directs the abbot to exercise the utmost care and concern for the wayward brothers. He reminds the abbot that he has undertaken care of the sick, not tyranny over the healthy. We always have to ask ourselves whether people are troublesome because they are hindering the work or the mission, or whether we simply find them irritating. For your free copy of the Rule of Saint Benedict, visit oneminutemonk.com. O n e minutemonk.com. Jesus commands us to love everyone, even our enemies. All the more, then, do we need to deal with troublesome people in a way that might make them better, rather than just shunt them aside or, even worse, destroy them. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a thousand pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Dr. E. Michael Jones is our guest. Logos Rising is the book we're talking about today. You know, Dr. Jones, I I was just lamenting the other day. I love I love a good Starfield. I've seen the Milky Way on just a few occasions in my life, and every time you see something so grand and so amazing, it is hard. Not to appreciate uh, the incredible vastness and, and awe of God and His creation, and I think this is something that's been lost in modern society. We we have so much light pollution in our cities that we can't appreciate uh, something so beautiful as even the the Milky Way. But ancient man could uh, and often did, and I think that uh, that as Saint Paul would say in Romans chapter one that it was written on the hearts of every man. The reason I want to bring this up is because I want you to touch upon the desire of every person for that which is greater than himself, but that which was revealed over time as logos, as you say. But I also want you to hit upon where the church goes. So does society. And today I read a bunch of、uh, headlines about schism and and corruption and 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 the faithful being led astray through、uh, bishops and and priests and our own sinful choices. And is it any wonder then we see around us in society that is totally decaying and collapsing around us, Doctor Jones? Yes, the the main problem with the church is the church right now accepts the commands of its oppressors. It, 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 this is the worst thing you can do.、Uh, you're constantly being confronted with、uh, issues and to, being told what to think about the issues. COVID is the classic example of what I'm talking about. The church has said, "Oh, it's a vaccine." No, it's not a vaccine. There's your mistake. If you think it is, you're going to go down the wrong path. Okay. Now, this let's back up here. Why? Why do we think?、Uh, why are we talking about COVID? Or how do they talk about COVID? Well, that's science. And you can't argue with science. If I know this because I have people in my neighborhood have pe- 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 signs on their front yard: "Black Lives Matter." Science is real. Okay, so I can't argue with anybody who has a white lab coat on. How did this come about? 
It came about, uh, and I discussed this in the book, uh, by a, a Frenchman by the name of uh, Rene Descartes, who was a Catholic, but divided the world up into uh, res extenso, which is the world out there, and res cositange, which is the world inside your mind. Uh, there's a radical dichotomy here that was introduced, and it enabled science, but it also, uh, where where are we going to put religion? Uh, if that's the division, well, is it out there in the universe? No, it's in your mind. Well, if it's in your mind, then it's a private thing. If it's a private thing, don't impose it on the rest of us. We have science for that. That's the role of science. And so by accepting that, by accepting this role of science, the church has basically marginalized itself and turned itself into something subjective and personal and therefore don't impose it on anyone else. And so that, that led to the disruption, the destruction of the social fabric because it's based on the moral law, which is universal and not personal. Okay. That's, that's the, that's what led us into the problem we have today. E. Michael Jones, um, the, a question I had was the modern world seems to have abandoned logos as a whole uh not simply in the idea of reason like in terms of the greek philosophers the era like aristotle plato uh and the greek classics like the iliad and the odyssey these things are are culturally inappropriate nowadays they're uh and so people reject them in the modern world how do we reclaim a sense of logos uh not only in the idea of reason but also in christ how do we go back to to those roots? How do we bring that back in in, in education in society? The first the first thing you have to understand that the 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 log when you use the word logos, you eliminate that whole dichotomy between faith and science, religion and science. That conflict goes completely out of, out of out of the room because logos is the order of the universe created by God. You're part of that order. Your mind is part of that order. Your mind is a special uh, creation of God that allows allows you to understand the order of the universe. The order of the universe is also the order, uh, an order that tells you how to act. You have a body that was created with certain uh, uh, functions. Okay, if you want to understand those functions, that's logos. So to, the crucial uh, issue in our age has always been sexuality, okay? Is there an order to sexuality or is there not? If you look at it as it is, it seems to be ordered to procreation. But then you have these people who come along and say, no, no, we can, that's not an order because we have a pill that will make you sterile. That doesn't change. The fact that you take a pill that makes you sterile doesn't change that order of creation. Your happiness depends on, first of all, understanding the order of creation and then acting according to it. That's known as morality. Morality is practical reason. Morality is reason. It's rational behavior. If you want to behave, if you want to be happy as a rational creature, you have to follow re- reason in the universe, which is known as logos. There's no other path to happiness. E. Michael Jones, yes. The uh, the thing that I was I was reading recently about different uh, the early psychologist and and I remember I can't remember who it was. You probably would remember the one of the psychologists was saying how instead of trying to destroy the church with reason and arguments, they have to introduce sexual immorality into the church and into the people and into the clergy, and that will destroy the faith instead. 
So it seems like they are they recognize that the logos right. is uh, is not you can't destroy it. And so there has to you have to work around it. You have to get them to forget about it. Uh, what, your comments on that? Yeah, that was Wilhelm Reich, uh, a, a German a, a Jew psychiatrist, a student of Freud, a member of the Communist Party, and he realized that nobody was interested in the, the the doctrine of the Communist Party, but everyone was interested in sex. And so he was the man who created the term sexual revolution. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he said. Don't argue with a seminarian. Just uh, get the seminarian to act uh, against the moral law, and the idea of God will evaporate. That is the program. I, descri- I describe that program in my book, uh, Libido Dominandi, Sexual Liberation and Political Control. Reich was a crucial theoretician in the strategy to destroy the Catholic Church. Reich ended up uh, uh, in prison, uh, died in prison in 1957 uh, in the United States, but he ended up on the cover of, of uh, the New York Times Magazine in 1970 because he played a crucial role in the revolution of 1968 in, in Paris at that time. That Over this period of time, the left became sexualized. The Marxists stopped talking about economics and they started talking about sex. They all followed Reich down this path uh, because they saw how effective it was. The classic example is Ireland. I just did a show on Ireland. They were completely subverted by the sexual revolution that Reich had proposed, the discrediting of the Catholic Church because of the abuse crisis and so on and so forth. He's a crucial figure. E. Michael Jones is our guest. We have, I don't know, about three, four minutes left in our conversation with him. We're talking about Logos Rising, his book. We posted a link to it, by the way, uh, but you can find it uh, over on Fidelity Press. Uh, Dr. Jones, do you, do you find it at all uh, fascinating or interesting or even alarming that so many in our society today are embracing what they think is uh, so good socialism? I mean, we see the Black Lives Matter, Antifa, but Ocasio-Cortez in, in our Congress and Bernie Sanders and, and just the, the, the people down the road from us in our neighborhoods and in our, in our schools, they, they seem to be embracing uh, Marxist socialism. Do they have any idea what they, uh, they seem to be espousing leads to destruction and death? Dr. Jones, what would you say? No, they don't because so- socialism has changed. It's always changing. And so, as I said before, Marxism was talking about economics, but with the arrival of Reich, with the arrival of the Frankfurt School, with the arrival of people like Michel Foucault, the whole pro- approach of socialism changed to basically sexual subversion. That's why the sexual issues are absolutely crucial to uh, preserving a free society. If you want, if you turn away from the moral law as interpreted by the Catholic Church, you will end up a slave. And if you want a classic example, look at what happened in Ireland. The precipitous fall of a Catholic country, all because of the embrace of sexual revolution. It's been a disaster for the Irish people, and now they are slaves to big tech uh, firms like Google and Big Pharma, uh, the companies they invited into their country for jobs and turned out to enslave them. So, all right, last question with just a few minutes left. What do we do? How do we fight the anti-logos? How do we win back our society? First, first of all, we have to begin with consciousness. We have to understand what happened. Uh, what, ha- who does, how did those Catholic neighborhoods get destroyed? 
the uh, this is I've spent my entire adult life, 40 years now, trying to figure out what happened to me as a guinea pig in these experiments of social engineering and sexual manipulation. That's why I wrote books like The Slaughter of Cities, Urban Renewal, Ethnic Cleansing, uh, Libido Dominandi, Sexual Liberation and Political Control. The church does not understand psychological warfare. That's why they are losing every battle. The church cannot uh, identify the enemy. The church has to be get up to date to understand what's happening to it. All right. Praise be to God. Where can we find your book? I guess you've been you've been deplatformed on Amazon. So what's the best place to look for your book? Go to uh, fidelitypress.org or culturewars.com only place you can find my books now your magazine does it still come out on a regular basis every month culture wars magazine we will be celebrating our 40th anniversary in december monthly magazine also available at culturewars.com and uh, that gets mailed right to them right to their mailbox it's all there we have uh, you can buy a paper copy or you can get it in electronic form all right praise be to god well, Dr. E. Michael Jones, Logos Rising, A History of uh, Ultimate Reality. It's been a great conversation. I wish we had more time with you, but we're, we're down to it. Uh, God bless you and God love you, Dr. Jones. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, that is going to do it for our number one. It's important for us Catholics to uh, really educate ourselves on to, you know, what is causing these issues in order for us to better understand how we might address them. And so I would encourage you to pick up a copy of Logos Rising. Again, it's found at fidelitypress.org. We posted a link to it on our social feeds. You can find it there as well. But we'll be posting this conversation, this individual conversation with Dr. Jones, later today on our YouTube channel, Facebook, and elsewhere. And uh, we would encourage you to, to check that out and then to share that. That would be very helpful for us and for spreading the word about the book. All right, praise be to God. If you can join us in the next hour, we would love to have you. We have, uh, you know, a little bit more fun in the next hour. We're going to do a game show and prizes are involved. So praise be to God for that. Plus the after show where we will conversate about whatever it is you want to talk about. That's coming up in the next hour. You can find the links on our website. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. I had a theology professor who told me that Adam and Eve were just myths and that the rest of Genesis was all just legend. Is that what the church teaches? Absolutely not. The church has always taught that Adam and Eve were real people and were the first human beings from whom all other human beings are descended. In 1950, Pope Pius XII in the encyclical Humani Generis states, The faithful cannot embrace the opinion that after Adam there existed on this earth true men who did not take their origin through natural generation from Adam or that Adam represents a certain number of first parents. In other words, the church teaches that all humanity descended from Adam and Eve. They were real people. Paragraph 38. This encyclical, in fact, clearly points out the first 11 chapters of Genesis do nevertheless pertain to history in a true sense. Again, Adam and Eve are not myths, and the rest of Genesis is not legend. Genesis is history in a true sense. 
Paragraph 39. Therefore, whatever of the popular narrations have been inserted into the sacred scriptures must in no way be considered on a par with myths or other such things. Can it be stated any clearer than that? The Catechism says, paragraph 375, The Church teaches that our first parents, Adam and Eve, no mention of a myth here, paragraph 404, by yielding to the tempter, Adam and Eve committed a personal sin. Someone please tell me how do myths commit personal sins. Adam and Eve's are not myths. Genesis does not contain myth or legend. That is church teaching. Challenge anyone who teaches differently to produce their sources from a magisterial document. They can't do it. They can, however, produce countless books and articles by theologians. Not good enough. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Good morning. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Dr. E. Michael Jones on Logos Rising. It's a, it's a book on me- the history of metaphysics, to be honest with you. So it's pretty heady stuff. But at the same time, you know what? It's not going to kill us to dig a little deep now and again. And I think it's important to do because of the errors in the society that we see around us. And so that was the nature of our conversation last hour. We'll post it as an individual clip later today on our social feeds. So praise be to God, you can find those linked up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But in this hour, praise be to God, we'll have more uh, positive conversation, uh, at least uh, until we get to the after show, and then who knows where that's going to go. But we'll do good news with Emily here in a moment, and then we'll have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then our Fear and Trembling Game Show, which is always a ton of fun, and you could be uh, the contestant today. All you have to do is be our first caller. And uh, Pro Level Tip, the phone number is already on our website with the rules and everything, so you could actually call in early if that's what you want. But we'll give out the phone number here in just a little while. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning. You know, I did not know what Logos was until I took theology courses in college. That was also like junior year. So I hope our listeners were able to keep up. Yeah. And I I know we didn't get into this because it was not the nature of our conversation, but so many people, so many professors and theologians, scripture scholars, uh, they, they think because John used Logos in his uh, prologue that he it must not have been written by John. They surmise that it was, uh, you know, Greek scholars, Greek, you know, uh, 
the Greeks that wrote John's gospel. And that always bugged me to no end. It's like it's devoid of all the other evidence that would suggest otherwise. But I think E. Michael Jones makes it very clear that the use of the word logos was a powerful mechanism to, uh, to point to the gravity of what Christ really is. So I, I, was, I thought it was fascinating. Very, very fascinating. Speaking of being fascinated, Adrian Fonseca is here on The Ones and Twos. Good morning to you. The most fascinating man in the world, as some might say. Hmm. I, I don't know who those some people yeah, are, but say, some, someone could, might say it. Could you maybe give like names? No, Can you name names no sources, on who no sources. would say that? I'm I, just curious. I'm not allowed to give out my sources. I would say Jesus Robles, hmm. but I think he has a new fan. Speaking, I think he's, so, speaking sorry. of which, did you guys watch that Project Veritas video about the deposition of uh, James O'Keefe? No. And uh, you, the music video? No, no, no. That was re- what what was that? Like I don't even understand what that was. No, no, no. He put out a video yesterday. He was being deposed. Someone is suing him. And uh and so they were questioning him and they wanted him to cite his sources. And he asked, "Well, would 60 minutes would the New York Times would they cite their sources?" And and the the lawyer responds, he says, "Unlike them, they would never compare themselves to you." And I was like, wow, that is so hardcore. Um, so anyway, not citing your sources, sir, I guess that's good journalistic integrity. All, all the best journalists do it, and I want to be the best. You only want the best, right? All right, well, there you go, folks. All right, so we're going to have breaking news and stories. We're going to do Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then we'll do our What's Concerning Us segment. And then in the second half of this hour... We will do a after show where you get to drive the conversation, whatever you want to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. We'll we'll read your comments. We'll interact with you. Uh, maybe we open the phone lines. We had Jesus on yesterday during the after show. We could start that up as as well. But but that is the fun of the after show. It's the interaction with you, our audience. So praise be to God. That's coming up in this hour. But let's pray over whatever your needs are, whatever's on your mind, your heart, your intentions. You can comment if you're on a social feed. Otherwise, your guardian angel knows if you're listening on the radio and could include them as well. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good, lo- good news with Emily Alcarez. A cycling champion and devout Catholic who helped to save over 800 Jews from Nazi persecution during World War II was remembered in Assisi on Wednesday on the 21st anniversary of his death. Bishop Domenico Sorrentino of Assisi led the singing of the Marian Antiphon, Regina Celi, in Gino Bartali's personal chapel, now housed in the Memorial Museum. During World War II, Gino Bartali used his position as a famous road cycling champion to transport photographs and forge documents between Florence and Franciscan convents in the surrounding regions where Jews were hidden. He also carried messages and documents for the Italian resistance. Bartali assisted the Assisi Network, an underground network of Catholic clergy who hid Jews in convents and monasteries during World War II by taking Jews from the hiding places to the Swiss Alps in a wagon with a secret compartment attached to his bicycle. If he was stopped, he said that the wagon was for training. The cyclist who twice won the Tour de France also personally hid a Jewish family in his own cellar, saving their lives, according to one survivor. 
On the night of July 10th, 1989, four men crawled through a window of the Montadioso Catholic Seminary Museum, bypassed an armored door through a hole in a wall, and came away with a medieval gilded crucifix, six silver chalices, and a 14th century reliquary of St. Galgano. The sacred objects had been forged by goldsmiths in Siena and Rome and held for hundreds of years in the Abbey of San Galgano, famed for a sword and a stone said to have been thrust there by the knight-turned-saint Galgano Guidotti. The 11 stolen items remained missing for more than three decades until recently when a raid by the Sicilian unit of the Carabinieri Tutela Patrimonio Culturale, which specializes in recovering stolen art, found them among 40 illegally obtained items in the home of a collector near Catania, Sicily. Barbara Giatta, director of the Vatican Museums, said, quote, It is a nearly unprecedented find for the importance that these reliquaries and objects have, not only from a historical artistic point of view, but also a devotional point of view. The Vatican Museums will spend the next six months restoring these items in its metals and ceramics restoration laboratory due to significant damage to the reliquary that occurred after the theft. And a Catholic bishop-elect recovering from gunshot wounds said in a video released Tuesday that he's offering up his pain with the hope that God will purify his diocese in South Sudan. In his message, bishop-elect Christian Carlosare said that he was imploring God for an end to violence, division, and selfish desires in the diocese of Rumbek, which Pope Francis appointed him to lead on March 8th. Speaking from his hospital bed in Kenya, he said, quote, I bend low in front of God to intercede for the church of Rumbek. I pray for the conversion of sinners. I offer the pain I'm going through so that the Lord our God may purify the church of Rumbek from all errors and things like these may happen no more. No room for violence, division, and selfish desires that come from the devil. Carlosare was shot in both legs when two armed men fired multiple bullets at him after breaking into his room at the priest's residence at Holy Family Cathedral in Rumbek in the early hours of April 26th. In the five-minute video message recorded on May 3rd, the Italian-born member of the Comboni missionaries said, Let me be a sign for all of you. As I will rise from this bed and walk again, let Rumbek also rise again and walk the way of peace and unity. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Thursday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Blessed Maria Catalina Troiani, pray for us. Blessed Maria was born on the 19th of January, 1813, in uh, Italy. She was the third of four children born to Tommaso and Teresa. Her mother died when she was just six years old. She became a Franciscan tertiary dedicated to the teachings of St. Francis and to the care and education of girls. She became a Franciscan nun, taking the habit on the 8th of December, 1829, and taking the name of Sister Maria Teresa of St. Rose in honor of St. Rose of Viterbo. She became a missionary to North Africa, and in 1852, the Apostolic Vicar of Egypt requested a Franciscan school for poor girls be established in Cairo. Maria and her other four companions, her sisters, met with Pope Pius IX on the 4th of September, 1859, to offer themselves in service, and he gave them his blessing. The sisters and Father Giuseppe Modin arrived in Cairo in September of 59 to begin their work, and in July of 68, 
the group received approval as formal congregation under the name of the Third Order Franciscan Sisters of Cairo, later renamed to the Franciscan Missionary Sisters of Egypt, and again in 1950 were renamed the Franciscan Missionaries of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. From the day of their founding until the day of her death, Sister Maria served as Mother Superior to the group, and Pope Leo XIII always held her in high regard. She would die on the 6th of May, 1887, in Cairo, and beatified on April 14, 1985, by Pope St. John Paul II. Blessed Maria Catalina Turiani, pray for us. The Gospel today comes to us from John chapter 15, verses 9-11. through 11. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father loves me, so also I love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I said last hour, I love the combination. I love these elements all coming together in such a short passage, you know, of, uh, of, of obedience and faithfulness, of joy and God's love. It's all tied together, right? To, uh, we are remaining in God's love because we keep his commandments. And we do so with this great joy of this relationship that we have with him. But the reality is we have to be obedient. As St. Paul would say in Philippians, obedient even unto death and even death on a cross. I mean, John, uh, Jesus himself in John's Gospel, chapter 12, makes it very clear that he is going to die on the cross and you better get out of his way because that's what he's come to do. And if you'd be his disciple, guess what? You'd pick up your cross and you'd die right along next to him on that cross. And I really feel like uh, too many of us Catholics have forgotten that we must be obedient in all things in the process of remaining in his love. Adrian, what did you find? Uh, Yes, so I want to focus in on the idea of keeping his commandments, because our Lord here is saying that if we want to abide in his love, which we do, because what does it mean to abide in his love? Well, not just here on earth, but in the next life, in heaven. Uh, That's very important because it's, it's enough to suffer all the pains and torments of this world if we get to abide in the love of God for all eternity. So our Lord says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. What does that imply? That implies that if you do not keep his commandments, you shall not abide in his love. That's very important to know. So we're like, okay, I need to keep the commandments. So what are the commandments? Well, you have the two greatest commandments. What are the two greatest commandments? It's love God and love your neighbor. How does that work? Well, to love God is to do the will of the Father, right? That's what our Lord tells us. And so what? how do we do the will of the Father? Well, he has set up a church for us that sets out the rules that we must follow as Catholics, as Christians, as people who want to do the will of the Father. And so those things which the church has stated, we are bound to obey. What does that include? That includes things like uh, going to Mass on Sunday, uh, not violating the Ten Commandments, following the Beatitudes, the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. These things are things that God has called us to interact with and to do that we might be saved, that we may abide in his love by the imitation of Christ. And Christ shows us, look, it's not just you. I'm doing it as well. I do the will of the father, which is to do the good. And so you too must do the will of the father, 
and do good. So that's the important part, I think, in, uh, in focusing in on the commandments of God and how we must, and if we love God, we will keep his commandments. And if we love our neighbor, we will will the good for them as well. What is that? We talk about this all the time. To will the good of the neighbor is to will uh, the greatest good, which is heaven. We want them to get to heaven. Mm. And that's the, the action that God is calling us to in this passage. Amen. Praise be to God. Uh, so much uh, fruit there. So uh, opportunities today to meditate on the gospel is a powerful thing we can do to get our day set straight and right. But we're going to go to break here in just a uh, moment now, and we're going to come back with our Fear and Trembling Game Show. So if you'd like to be the first contestant today on the program, get your opportunity into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. All you got to do is place a phone call, 877-757-9424. If you've never called before, this is an opportunity. Or if it's been at least a month since you last played, you can play again. 877-757-9424 is the phone number to call. 877-757-9424. Looking for our first caller right now as we go off to break. 877-757-9424. 9424. So three questions in my hand, and you don't even need to know the answers to these questions to get it right. So praise be to God. We're looking forward to our our contestant coming up after this very short break. Fear and Trembling is coming up next. And then later on, we'll do a What's Concerning Us. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world? Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners. Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous. Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world. Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. Just search the app store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation 
by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please, don't tell anybody I said this, okay? Keep this between us. But we like to do a few things here on the program. On this particular game show segment, we like to teach a little bit about the faith, so you always learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. But we also like to have a little laugh in the process, and our contestants are always such good sports and, and a lot of fun to hang out with. And then, of course, we give out prizes. So it's kind of a winner for everybody involved. And here's the kicker. If the caller, right, the caller who calls in to be the contestant, they don't even need to know the answers to the questions because we don't ask them. We ask Emily, we ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's prize sponsor is Rough to Rustic Custom Decor. Rough to Rustic is a Catholic shop started by Catholic wife and mom Michelle who makes handmade wooden art pieces like uh, rosary hangers. And this week she's giving away a wooden miraculous medal that you can hang up in your home. So thank you, Rough to Rustic, for your sponsorship. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you, Rough to Rustic. Lots of phone calls today. Praise be to God. If you don't make it on... Tomorrow's another opportunity. We will pull the we, we will pull the winner tomorrow, but your last three chances of getting in on that drawing will be tomorrow. So call early and hang out could be an option. But let's go to the phones here. Let's see. Jamie, good morning to you. Thanks for being on our program. Thank you. Praise be to God, Jamie. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. H Town, hold it down. That's that's right. And uh, where do you go to church, Jamie? Uh, St. Maximilian Colby. Hey, oh, nice! I like that place. It's uh, I've been there many times. I, I showed my I premiered my film there a couple of years ago. So we love that place. Praise and be I to God. popcorn there oh. for his film. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie, um, I hear you in the car there. So are you? You headed to work? Where, where are you off to today? How, what does your day look like today, Jamie? Yes, I'm headed to work. Um, I work at an elementary school in. Um, in uh, the Cypress Fairbanks ISD. Well, that's wonderful. Praise be to God. Thank you for doing that. Are you familiar with the game show? Do you know how the game is played? Yes. All right. I listen every day. Praise be to God. Thank you for doing that. Do you, so then you know. I, I can just be honest. You know, Emily and Adrian, they're kind of tricky. You know that, right? Yes. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I hear some hesitancy in your voice there, Jamie, but I think it'll be great. These these are pretty easy. It's like easy easy question Thursday, I think. Uh, we'll start with Emily, as is our custom. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yes. Emily, can you tell me, what is the last book of the New Testament? That would be Revelation or Apocalypse. Or Apocalypse. Hmm, okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what is the last book of the New Testament? Yes, that would be, see, I would say this every night before bed. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, bless the bed that I lay on. It's John, the Gospel of John. Gospel of John. Yep. Okay. Hmm. Last one. Hmm. All right. So Adrian is on the hook for John. 
Emily is on the book for Apocalypse. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Jamie, what say you? Emily. Survey says... There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone knows that. I mean, that was a fairly easy one, right, Jamie? Yeah. Yes, 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 I agree. Now, bonus question. Do you know what ap- apocalypse means? Uh, the end of the world, I believe. It, no, it's the, the revealing. That's why it's re- the okay. English translation is revelation. It's like a Jewish wedding. The, the, the climax of that was the unveiling or the revealing of the couple. And uh, praise be to God. So... Good question. Good answer. You're in the coffee cup of Divine Providence. You're already headed in the right direction, so uh, you should feel pretty good about that. But let's see here. Uh, This next one, I don't know. It's it's more of a history question than anything. Could be tricky. Oh, okay. Let's just see how it goes. Adrian, can you tell me? Who was the Pope that was an expert at mountain climbing? The Pope that was an expert... At yes. mountain climbing. Yeah, I okay. think it's pretty common knowledge. Everybody should know right, this one, probably. Right. Every, everybody knows this. Okay. Everyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with the lesser known Pius XI. People know Pius X, mm-hmm. and people know Pius XII, mm-hmm. but the lesser known Pius XI. The lesser known. Mm-hmm. Is he is he called Pope Pius the lesser known? No, he's called Pope Pius XI, the expert at mountain climbing. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seems reasonable. <laughs> Emily, can you tell me, who is the Pope? Who was an expert at mountain climbing? Hmm, I'm I'm not sure about this one. I think uh, John the Twenty Third was very athletic. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm not. It's just allergies. That's all. It's just allergies. It's just allergies. Okay. So your answer was John the Twenty Third. Yes. John, the, he was athletic. You said. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Emily is on the hook for John the Twenty Third. And Adrian is on the hook for Pius the 11th. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Jamie, what say you? Uh, I'm going to go with Adrian. You sound not confident there. I know. Uh, I kind of hurt. Well, it sounded painful. That's a hard one. It sounded Yay! almost painful for her. Like, oh, I know. I got to go with I was Adrian. Like, Ouch. Oh, man. Ouch. Oh, I don't want to no, do this. No Lord. faith in me. No faith in me. I, Please, I don't want to go with Adrian. You but win I this I time, to. Adrian. I mean, John the Twenty Third, athletic. Yeah, he was super old. But I, JP two would have been a good guess. I th- yeah, I thought we were going to go with JP two. That, as that wrong would be answer. too tricky. I thought that so. would have thrown everybody because yeah. we all know the picture of JP two up on the mountain. Yeah, but he wasn't climbing. He he walked. He was there. skiing. <laughs> but in fact, it is Pope Pius the Eleventh who was uh, an expert in mountain climbing. Fun fact: you can throw around the workplace today. There, Jamie. Yeah. You know, nobody's going to know that, and you're going to sound like an expert. It's going to be awesome. Praise be to God. <laughs> Thank oh. you, Adrian. Yeah. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> All right, third question. Here we go. Let's just see how this goes back to Emily. Emily, are you ready? Yes. Let's do this. Emily, what two letters from the Christogram... I say this a different way. What two letters from the Christogram are the symbol for Christ? I would say this as the Cairo. What two letters make up the Christogram or the symbol for Christ? Uh, C-R. C-R. Yeah. C and R. It's the Cairo, C-R, right? C-R. Okay, let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, I mean, counting on you, man. What two letters from the Christogram 
make up the symbol for Christ, or as I would say, the Kai Ro. Well, the two letters are Kai and Ro. <laughs> ah. <laughs> the uh, that would be, and I guess in English, uh, they a P and an X looking looks like a P and an X. Are you sure? Yep. Okay. So you're on the hook for P and X, and Emily is on the hook for you said C and R. Yeah. Okay. So Emily C R, Adrian P and X. What two symbols make up the of uh, the uh, Christogram? Jamie, 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you? Adrian. Survey says. Wow. Did the you, tension. Oh, Jamie, the tension. You, you are cut good. the tension with a knife right there. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that one already? Did it, or did I give it away too easy? No, no, I think I knew that one. I've seen that before. Yeah, praise be to God. That's the symbol that Constantine sees at the Battle of Milvin uh, Bridge, which uh, led to his victory and ultimately becoming sole ruler of the Roman Empire and then bringing the Christians up out of the catacombs and into the daylight. The the biggest uh, proponent of Christianity in the ancient world, uh, which was Constantine. The Cairo, which is my favorite Christian symbol, I think, out of all of them. So praise be to God, Jamie. Perfect score. Three times in the coffee cup of divine providence. How do you feel about that? I feel great. (laughs) Somebody on on Facebook said PNX sounds like a restroom medication. That's not (laughs) cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jamie. God bless you. God love you. Uh, Congratulations. We are going to put you on hold. So that we get your your information in case it be God's divine uh, will that you are the winner. Your name will be pulled out of the cup tomorrow. If that's the case, you'll have to tune in tomorrow to find out. All right. God I'll bless do. you. Have a great day. Have fun at school. All right. That is going to do it for the radio side of the program. Praise be to God. It was always a lot of fun hanging out with you. Jamie was a lot of fun, too. But tomorrow will be the last opportunity to get in on the Rough to Rustic prize. Hopefully, if you want to get in on that, it was a lot of phone calls. You just need to call early. Go to our website. You can find the phone number, rules, all of that right there. By the way, you can also watch the video live. Hang out with us right on our website, as well as find the links to Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff, our podcast, and a ton more grnonline.com forward slash cdt and today is the day i send out the email blast to our super fans list if you want to get in on the email and get the content that we send just to that list well you can sign up on our website as well grnonline.com forward slash cdt get on the email list you're going to get that father bill casey talk right away and today we're going to send out some more unique content It's going to be a lot of fun. grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Coming up in just a moment on the social media feeds only, we're going to do the after show and chat with you, our audience. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning for another Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. 
and the after show where we talk a little bit more casually about whatever it is you want to talk about. Praise be to God. You get to drive that conversation. And I think there are several, uh, or at least one or two, brand new commenters, first time commenters on the social feeds today. And we want to recognize them, praise be to God. But uh, there's a bunch of people on today. Christopher Chance, good morning. Bruce Toman, good morning. Uh, it's good to see you here. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see who else was here. I saw Buddy. Good morning, Buddy. And then um, Thomas James Russell is hanging out in the studio with us, but he's also commenting. Uh, Christopher Chance, good morning to you. I saw Glenn Trahan on there. Glenn, Glenn went and subscribed to Fidelity Press. Praise be to God for that. E. Michael Jones was a great guest today. Let's see who else. Patty, good morning to you, Patty. Uh, also on Facebook. Lori, good morning, Lori. Joaquin, it's good to see you. Jesus Robles, Don, good morning to you. Praise be to God. It's always good to see you guys here. Gloria, it's good to see you again. Good morning, Josh. Good good morning. Who's on YouTube? We have a lot of people on YouTube. Uh, Pocahontas is on. Hey, Valentine is on. Good morning. Kathy's there. Uh, Kathy had some uh, positive things to say about us, so thanks, Kathy. It helps when you pay people, right? You're sending her money? Um... Yeah, mm. this way I get people mm. to say positive things about me. She said, Joe and Adrian, your commentaries on daily gospel readings help prepare me for my quiet time. Thank you. Um, Low79FX is a repeat commenter. I don't remember what you wanted us to call you, though. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm but sorry. But you haven't been commenting, haven't commented in a while. Yeah, so we- welcome back. Um, Angelo is there. And Christopher. Justina is a new commenter, hey I think. Uh, and then Josie or Jose or however you pronounce. I'm guessing it's Jose Aguilar. <laughs> I, I think I, I think Josie <laughs> sounds good to me. Uh, Outlaw Josie Wales. Good what? film. Good film. 4K. You've seen Outlaw Josie Wales, right? No. You haven't seen Outlaw Josie Wales. Mm, Emily has nope. probably seen it, right? Emily? No. You've not seen it either. Nope. Did it come out in well, the 40s? Uh, good grief! You've not even seen Star Wars. What would you know? Uh, Mr. Thomas Russell, you have yes, seen sir. Outlaw Josie Wales. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am Dude, so done with that, this place. That movie must have came out like in the 20s. The 20s. Oh that, that's why we've never seen tell it. Me, tell me. Okay. To your audience, please save me on this. You've seen Outlaw Josie Wales, right? I mean, you've seen the film. It's a great film. Clint Eastwood. Fantastic. It's one of his best. Anyway, the new Jose commenters, is the new commenters, get the hallelujah. So Jose and Justina, and I, I want to re- talk about Justina's comments for a second. So Justina said Emily is better than Adrian. <laughs> Emily's the best. Emily, who who's this Justina? No, it's like and that, and why is that a pseudonym? And, and I mean, why are they going attacking here? me? I feel so. so attacked right now. Don't worry about it. It's just uh Well, it's just true. A friend. I mean, it's still true. I love I mean, that she popped on just to say that. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? Nick didn't participate in the rest of the conversation. It just dropped in. Emily's better than Adrian. That, that's Out valid. My, that's valid. <laughs> Mic <my> drop. <laughs> that's funny. Well, Jeff Burrier says, uh, remember that discussion about ice cream? I agree with Emily. Mint ice cream is the best. Oh. At least according to Jonah. No. Uh, so, what, did you say mint ice cream? No, I don't think I did. I think they misunderstood you. Yeah, I was being sarcastic about that. I don't like okay. mint. It tastes like cold toothpaste. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't no. like mint ice cream either. <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad. It's, it's pretty cookie, bad. Cookie Jonah, two step is Jonah, the best. It's, it's cool, man. Oh, Jonah, don't worry about it. Mint ice cream. I thumbs up on mint ice cream, brother. Of course, I'm a Rocky Road guy. 
just to be honest. Have you had a cookie two-step? Uh, yeah, but it's, you know, Rocky Road. Cookie two-step is the best. Rocky Road is the best. Cookies and cream. Just keep no, it simple. Okay, cookie two-step. keep it simple. Cookie two-step is uh, cookies and cream and chocolate chip cookie dough together. Yeah, I don't like cookie it's dough. It's the best. Oh, well then, yeah, sorry, you, you're... You, you, I, I like my food cooked. I like my food cooked. I like my food cooked. I'm out. I'm out on that you one. You never bought, as a kid, you never go to the sneak over to the grocery store and buy a three-liter uh, bottle of soda and a, and a roll of cookie dough and just eat it and drink it? No. N- no. You never did that? No. I don't, I've never even heard of a three-liter soda, for one. <laughs> they don't sell three-liter soda bottles anymore? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Has it been that long? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I personally have never seen one. Really? Yeah. Wow. When I grew up, that's all you could get was three liter bottles of soda. Yeah. Those were the Sorry, good days. Sorry, dude. Those were the good days. <laughs> uh, Lori said, Blue Ouch. Bell Dutch chocolate is the best. <laughs> Buddy is on my side. Buddy says, great film. Praise be to God. Outlaw Josie Wells. Lori said it's the best as well. She said, it's a Clint, Clinton, Clint Eastwood classic. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, favorite favorite Clint Eastwood film. We were we were chatting about this yesterday off air, but I would love to know from you, dear audience, what is your, you know, because he's he's like ninety something years old. We're not going to have him for much longer. So, you know, in preparation for his eulogies, I wonder what is your favorite of all time Clint Eastwood film. You're giving his eulogy? Not yet. We still have Scott Eastwood. You know, they just keep getting better. Actually, who does? The Eastwoods. The Eastwoods do? Scott yeah. Eastwood. I actually don't know who that is. <laughs> I, was say, I don't know who that is either. Is, is that his son? Yeah. I met, I met is he his, an actor? Yeah. I met his nephew what is he once. In? I don't know. Look it up. I met his <laughs> nephew. I was giving a, uh, a parish mission out in uh, California, in Orange, California, and um, I met his nephew. His nephew is a Catholic priest. No way. Oh, no. Forgive me. I'm, I'm mixing uh, Western movie stars. I was referring to John Wayne's nephew, not Clint Eastwood. That makes much more My sense. My bad. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Jeff said, I miss three liters, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my friend, it's terrible, isn't it? Interesting. Yeah. I gave up soda. Just, Chris you know. said butter pecan. Okay, butter pecan is really good. I like butter pecan. Yeah, there's some truth there. Buddy says, this generation is so uncultured when it comes to entertainment. Hey, hey, hey. Heartbreak Ridge. I, Buddy. I uh, okay. said Heartbreak my, Ridge is great. Heartbreak Come Ridge on. is great. Heartbreak Ridge helped me to decide on the Marine Corps. So Rah. I had memorized Top Gun. I literally watched it so many times. Wait, how'd you go from Heartbreak Ridge to Top Gun? Okay, so I was in Air Force ROTC in high school, but I was also in the Naval Sea Cadets in high school, so I double-dipped. I actually went to boot camp in Great Lakes for the Navy, and I went to boot camp in in Lackland Air Force Base for the Air Force while I was still in high school. Heartbreak Ridge, though. Heartbreak Ridge in Full Metal Jacket pushed me full into the Marine Corps realm, and then I enlisted at 17 for the Marine Corps. So, okay. Heartbreak. It was Gunny Highway. It was Gunny Highway. Yeah. Uh, Heartbreak Ridge, Full Metal Jacket, and Jarhead were like three movies I that pushed me towards the Marine Corps. But I didn't watch Jarhead. I, I, I enlisted before Jarhead came out uh, because I enlisted for the war, for the Desert Storm. So that movie hadn't come out yet, but I didn't like that movie anyway. Mm. It was a terrible film. Mm. Uh, Heartbreak Ridge. You All also right. like mint, mint ice cream, so. I no, I, I said Rocky Road. It's Rocky Road. It is the best ice cream. There is no, there's, there's, it's not even a conversation. It's just Rocky Road is the best. And then there's some good ones that come afterwards. But uh, Rocky Road pretty much is the best. Gran Torino, that was your favorite, wasn't it, Adrian? No. I no. just really like Gran Torino. What I is think your it's favorite a great movie? I don't know. I, mm, I don't know. I'm not, I, 
I haven't seen enough of them to make a definitive decision. Pale Rider? And I haven't seen Pale Rider. High Plains dr- Drifter? Let nope. me see your war face. Josh Patterson wants to see the war face. <laughs> That's a good Full Metal Jacket reference right there. Oh, my heavens. That film, that film, uh, boy, that leaves a mark, that film. Probably Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yeah, you mentioned that he was yeah, in that, but I, I don't I think believe that's, you. I think that's my favorite I don't, Clint Eastwood I, film. I, I don't think it's in, no, mm-mm, sorry. Yeah. I don't buy it. It counts. You're selling, it but counts. I ain't buying. He was in it. It counts. Yeah. So that, that's my favorite. <laughs> you can put that down in writing. Yeah. Casper the Friendly Ghost is my favorite Clint Eastwood film. The live action one? Yep. I, yeah, don't believe live action one. He's leading you astray. Uh, Al- Escape but, from Alcatraz is really good. Yes, I oh, agree. Yeah. That is a very uh, good film. I don't film. know if that's my favorite, but it's really good as well. Yeah, for sure. That's different from Escape from Alcaraz, which is trying to get Saint away Maximilian from Emily. Saint Maximilian Kolbe. <laughs> Jonah, which Saint Maximilian Kolbe are you, movie are you referring to? Are you referring to the one that was made in Poland by the Polish? Which which Max Kolbe film are you talking about, Jonah? I'd love to know. Um, because I've seen I've seen... The, I've seen the Polish one. What about American Sniper? American Sniper. He was the director for it. I wouldn't. As a director, he's pretty good. He's amazing. Yeah, he is pretty good, Clint Eastwood. Uh, what about Good, the Bad, the Ugly? Yeah, that's classic. Hang him high. Classic. Still don't, know, still don't know if that's my favorite. Those Western spaghettis are spaghetti Westerns. Uh, Emily, you're quiet over there. Out of all of the Clint Eastwood films you've seen, which is your favorite? Um, I actually petitioned that we talk about Jane Austen movies. My favorite is Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 version specifically. Um, How did she get in? So I'm hearing, I'm hearing that her favorite is also Casper. <laughs> <laughs> you, you like Jane Austen? Yes, of course. But okay, was he in Jane Austen films? No, absolutely not. Clint, <laughs> Clint Eastwood. I, how do we? Okay, how do these relate? I'm just curious. Um, I'm saying we always talk about man movies. When are we going to talk about girl movies? Have you noticed the trend? I'm de- <laughs> the one on EW10. Which one is that? I got to look that up. The one on EW10. Now here's a, a, okay. J- Jonah's saying, "Hey, what about the Saint Maximilian Kolbe movie?" Uh, and I'm wondering which one it is. Is it the one that the Polish made? And he said it was on EW10. And I'm just not sure if that's the right one. The one that I'm thinking about was made like. In the late 80s, early 90s, at least it feels that way. And I'm not sure if that's the right one. Speaking of uh, religious films, how many of you are on Formed and watch uh, some of the, the stuff on Formed? Oh, man, Formed is great. Yeah, there's some I, good stuff there. It's, it's fantastic. Most parishes have a subscription that you can use it for free. Yeah, or homeschool groups. Homeschool groups also tend to have subscriptions. That's how we have ours is through our homeschool group and our, our parish as well. So there's 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 generally a good way to get in on that and you Chris, can check out the Chris material. said we we could talk about alien and aliens if you want Emily. I would prefer that at this point. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly's Heroes, that's also a good film. Kelly's Heroes. Pale Rider according to Christopher Chance's Remarkable is a remake of High Plains Drifter. Uh, Flags Plains of Our Drifter Fathers was better. Was also really good. What was? Flags of Our Fathers. Oh, Flags of Our Fathers, but he directed that. I'm pretty sure. He, he didn't star in that. I mean, look, if he wants to bring in movies that, if Adrian wants to bring in movies that were directed by him and count them as Clint Eastwood movies, then yeah, they are. There you go. The movies are primarily the director's movies. You improvise, you adapt, you overcome. Preach it, Bruce. Preach it. Scott was Invictus. Hmm. 
I don't, I'm not familiar with him. But he says, Emily, all these movies can be watched by girls. <laughs> so these are all Yeah, I mean, Lori's commenting. <laughs> poor, Lori's commenting. Poor Emily's surrounded. Uh, Don uh, <laughs> said, did you like the name tags on the GRN post? Council 12060, first place in pro-life in Texas. What? So, pretty awesome. Don, thank you. Praise be to God. Marshmallows are all yuck. Jesus said, "I don't even know what, what started that." He's talking about your, your, talking about your Rocky Road, dude. Oh, Jesus no, said, "I Rocky missed Road Emily Alcaraz at the UST commencement, informational and social. It was fun, Emily." Yeah, uh, I didn't realize you were graduating too, Jesus. Congratulations! I guess you got your papers done. Yeah, no, I was in a final until 10 p.m. last night, uh, so I couldn't make it. But yeah, congratulations. Amen to that. Uh, are you walking the stage, Jesus? I'm curious. Emily, are you walking? No. Are they, do they ha- are they having walking? Uh, I think they are. Yeah. But. Every which way but loose. We were talking about that yesterday as well. It's hard to believe how many different films Clint Eastwood did. He's sort of iconically known for his spaghetti westerns, but he did so many different types of movies. We forget about those other ones. <laughs> Jesus says he cited Adrian apparently in one of his papers. That's based. That's a little on the insane side. That's pretty amazing, actually. If you did, you pass? Did you get a grade on that paper? He's walking. He said he's walking. That means the paper uh, was good. It, uh, didn't you graduate summa cum laude, Jesus? Isn't isn't that isn't it because you cited me? I, I'm very certain that was why. <laughs> I think I think that's true. Uh, are you giving the commencement speech, Jesus? I'm just curious. Actually, I think I'm giving the commencement speech. Uh, Jeff Burrier says my little sister Genevieve likes the the Ryan DeFrades on Formed. You know what, uh, Jonah? That's good. My kids also like Ryan DeFrades as well. That's a, that's a fan favorite at my place, too. You know, we also love Unformed. I've said this now several times, uh, but it's still true. We love the audiobooks. The, oh, they're great. The audio productions of, of uh, St. Peter, St. Francis, St. Cecilia, of Robin Hood. Robin Hood is <laughs> amazing. Amazing, awesome. Robin Hood, you know, we've all thought of Robin Hood from that Protestant perspective. That He kind of got hijacked, that character, after the Reformation. And they made him an anti-Catholic, you know, Friar Tuck being an overweight sloth for a Franciscan, really. And uh, and uh, we see, you know, sort of like the bishops being greedy and all that. But you go, they used the oldest possible versions of the Robin Hood uh, storyline to create this audio drama. And it's thoroughly Catholic. It's amazing. And it doesn't, it doesn't shirk the responsibility to call out hypocrisy among the hierarchy either. And at the same time, does not abandon the faith. It's, it's really well done if you've not listened to it. My family absolutely loves Robin Hood. So great. Clint Eastwood was in a musical? Adrian. I had no idea. I had How did no you clue. not know this? I have to go watch it now. We were singing musicals this morning. Yeah. Like, this is something you could have brought if up. If you don't know uh, Adrian, he loves musicals like more than anyone I've ever met. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it, it's pretty weird, actually. It's not weird. It's, Musicals are great. It's something I don't advertise usually. Ha, uh, Bruce uh, to- Bruce Toman says um, we watched Formed. Not enough, though. A lot of good content besides movies. Have you seen The Search? I'm not sure. I know what The Search is. Chris says the 2005 Pride and Prejudice wasn't that good. Yeah, Oof. hard disagree there. Oof. Wasn't there... Um, oh, no, there was a movie about the little women that came out. Was it last year? Yeah, that was the recent one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was really well done. Yeah, my wife and daughter went to that, and they loved it. Mm-hmm. We watched it, uh, actually, at the house. We rented it and watched it a, a second time. 
I'm curious. Yeah, they just hey, don't, they don't make movies like that anymore. Go ahead, Adrian. Sorry, hey Seuss, what did you cite me on, anyways? <laughs> I, I'm kind of curious because, like, is he joking what, or is he serious? I know. I could, I'm, I'm, that that could be detrimental to your grade. Yeah. In all honesty, I would hope it. I would mean, be. I mean, but. I mean, it could also improve your grade. It just depends on who your professor was. Did they have me? Did they? Did they? Did they have me as a student? Did you? Was it Sister Chow? If it was Sister Chow, you're you're done. You're, 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 there's, you're, there's no way you're gonna pass. There's no way your degree will be revoked. Oh, uh, that's too uh, funny. But you know, just depends. If it's Father Dempsey, you also get rid of revoked. You're you're done. Yeah. You're done. <laughs> Praise be to God. Um, I wonder what Bruce was talking about. That not enough. And do you mean like there's not enough content there? Like they they need more. And I would agree. The part the part of the problem is most of the movies they're getting access to are filmed in Italian in Italy, and there's just there's no there's no organization in America that seems to be trying to do the same thing. I think he meant that he doesn't watch it as much as he should, or oh, there's not yeah. they don't use it enough as they as he feels like they should. From yeah. the way you read it out. Um, but you were asking, I, my son, he's four. He really likes the Saints and Heroes collection, mm. uh, which Saint, they got St. Patrick, his name's Saint, Saint, Nic- Saint Nicholas. Um, he loves the Fatima one as well. Like to the point where when he's, when he's playing, he'll get down on his, ha- on his face, hands and knees <gasps> and pray with the, the angel of Fatima. Oh. Like, man, he really loves those that and they're so great. precious. Uh, Bruce clarifies about the search. He says, it's a miniseries hosted by Chris Stefanik. I'd love to hear your thoughts if you watch it. Yeah, I'll check it out. So that's you're saying that's unformed. Hmm, I'll have to look. I, You know, I, we only go, uh, to be honest, the only time I really go unformed is to look for a movie for the family to watch. And uh, so I don't really spend too much time on the platform itself. There's a lot of other content there for sure, though. Uh, I'm going to look for it right now. Uh, the search, I see it came up right away. Gloria said that she also loves musicals too. I will Thanks. check it out. That's Bruce. pretty awesome, Fine. Gloria. And Lori said the BBC version of Pride of Prejudice was the best. And Jesus said Sister Sermansky. And uh, we all, me and Emily know Sister Sermansky. Um, I never had her as a teacher. Did you, Emily? Yes, I had her for Theology of the Liberal Arts, which was a profound class. So good. So good. And she's just brilliant. Like, that's why you absolutely can tell why she took the namesake St. Albert Marie. Um, she took that saint because Albert was brilliant. St. Albert was the teacher of Thomas Aquinas. Um, and she's also brilliant. So love Sister Sermansky. That's awesome. Yeah. And the uh, my what's your favorite musical, Gloria? I I love musicals. And I know, I probably, I don't know. I don't know that many musicals. I've seen a lot. I was in musicals in high school, uh, but I probably don't know that many musicals. I feel like I do, but you I probably don't. do. <laughs> I talk about them and people are like, um, I've never heard of that musical. I'm like, oh, whoops. So uh, tell, tell me, Sherry, do you watch musicals? Uh, what musicals do you like? Uh, I know one musical that I think pretty much everybody uh, should like is uh, Sound of Music. That's one of the best yes. musicals. That was actually the first musical I saw uh, professionally done. Mm. I saw a bunch of musicals done in high school and by high school students, middle school students, had friends who were doing middle school plays, and I saw those. But the first professional musical I saw was uh, Little House, I mean, not Little House, um, Sound of Music, and I think that was my junior year of high school. So, pretty awesome. Is Alma over on Facebook a new commenter? Uh, I think first time in a long time. Okay, so she's commented before. A long time ago. Uh, but Alma is actually a friend of mine. Praise so. be to God. Oh, hello. Howdy, She's, howdy. She says, cha- uh, um, 
Chang- Changeling? Changeling is my favorite Eastwood of Eastwood's movies. I don't think I've watched Changeling. I'm not even sure what that is. I have to look that up. And Buddy said Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd is really good. Interesting. Sweeney that was Todd. my first one as well. The it, Demon Barber of Fleet Street. See, you've seen it. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, Sweeney Todd. That was written by the same person who wrote Into the Woods. Into the Woods is probably his best uh, musical, I think. But um, Sweeney Todd is really good as well. The music is really great there. Um, but yeah, Sweeney Todd is super creepy. The movie version, very, <laughs> very weird. Very, very yeah. weird. Yeah. I, mean, I love it's I love Tim it. Burton. <laughs> yeah, it's Tim Burton. But Into the Woods, highly recommend. It's on YouTube for free. You can watch the whole musical. Oh, Adrian. So good. You're going to love this. Gloria okay. says, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> oh my I goodness. think that's Adrian's favorite of all time, possibly. <laughs> it's so good. It's so Emily, you were in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, weren't you? Yeah, actually. We performed that like in the convent for the other sisters when I was there, and I was frankincense. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Seven Brides, Seven Brothers is so good. It's one of the few musicals that has a baritone bass as a lead character. Yeah. And that like never happens. That never happens. It's so good. Did yeah. you guys see Les Miserables with what's his name? With who? Um, from Australia. Hugh, uh, Hugh, Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Did you, uh, what'd you guys think about that? Jackman. I don't like it. No? I, did, I think it's very, uh, the singing's very okay and the acting is good. Um, I, I think they were trying too hard to do something different mm-hmm. and it ends up just not being as good. They were trying to do a musical that was shot all in one take, mm-hmm. uh, like a musical really would be done. Uh, but the problem is you can't record good audio that yeah. way. So they were struggling. I, I watched all the behind the scenes on it and yeah. they were the audio engineers were like pulling teeth. It was the worst thing ever for the audio engineers. I'm sure. Um, and so they, uh, it, 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 they, they should have just done a, oh, and this is another complaint I have with movie musicals. They prioritize having famous actors instead of the yeah. best singers they can yeah. get. Yes. The singing was not that great. No. Well, okay, what about The Greatest Showman? I really like The Greatest Showman. Um, that was pretty good. I thought it was good for what it was. I don't think it'll ever be like a Broadway hit, uh, but it was it was good for what it was. You know what the best musical of all time is, though? And I guarantee you none of you have ever heard it, have never listened to the full thing. Oh, no. The Ring Cycle by Richard Wagner. Yeah, I've never seen it. What? It, it to be Faulkner done. Pro- wrote a musical. It's it's very old. They, he built his own like st- stadium auditorium in order for this play to be done properly, and it requires like three to four days to actually do the full play. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's no, fascinating. It's, did not it's, see that. it's. I mean, okay, it's technically an opera, but. I mean, if you can't qualify opera as a musical, like... Yeah. I guess opera is a proto-musical. Yeah. yeah. I was in Phantom of the Opera. That was fun. I wouldn't oh, say... Oh, Phantom of the Opera is great. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I wouldn't say it's my favorite of all time. I, that's probably Fiddler. I love Fiddler on the oh, Roof. Oh, my goodness. Fiddler on the Roof. Christopher Chance has seen, has seen I, parts I of the I struggle Valkyrie. with Fiddler on the Roof, and I also struggle with The Greatest Showman. I, we used, I, I loved Fiddler on the Roof, but then you start... You start realizing there's some subversion going on. Oh, there's a lot. That's, in, of that's it. in all musicals. Or there's subversion going oh. on because musicals are written by but, mostly liberals. But okay, yeah. so Arius, we you know Arius, we didn't really get into Arianism with E. e. Michael Jones. We certainly could have. It's part of his book. But um, you know, part of the way Arius spread his his philosophy, his theology, was through singing. <clears throat> he would make these uh, oh, yeah. these songs, these rhymes to the modern day tunes of his day, and they would spread, you know, pretty fast that way. 
So the power of musicals to captivate an audience is it goes way back. And then when you layer that with subversion, boy, it can be it can be dangerous. So we need especially for young people, Catholic musicals, young people, impressionable people. And when you look at Fiddle on the Roof, you see you see a, this sad story, like like I don't know, like the especially like the daughter who marries the communist, and the dad's dropping her off at the railroad railroad uh, state pickup point. I'm like, you're sending your daughter to go revolt in Moscow. What 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 is what's going through your mind right now? Like, no, you don't let your daughter marry a communist for starters. Second of all, <laughs> you don't drop her off at the train station so that she can go live this revolutionary life. What is wrong with you? Just I don't know. Anyway, can you tell them? So the musical that? is great, and I, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Highly recommend watching. Um, don't disagree with you though. It, yeah, it's true, exactly. but it's one of the best musicals ever. Um, Gloria says, "In the Heights." They're making a movie version of this, and I kind of hate it already just by looking at the the trailer for the movie it seems like they're making it like a uh civil rights um leftist narrative thing the the musical is actually not that bad uh it's it has a couple parts that are kind of uh, i mean it's a musical most like 99 percent of musicals are not like the most wholesome thing ever they usually have a lot of like joe was saying subversive ideas in them because most people who write them are not they're not catholics i felt that way about um but it's a good the, musical. The Greatest Showman. I've, it was so entertaining. You know, the songs, the, 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 the sequences were very well done, but I felt like there was just the subversive element underneath that could, it could really grip an impressionable mind, and uh, I had to turn it off. So we need right-leaning Catholics to write their own subversive musicals. <laughs> To bring people back to tradition. The, the anti Arius is what you're saying? Exactly, yeah. yeah the anti the, an, the anti anti logos. I got I got where you're going with that. I got where you're going that's with that. That's what Saint Hildegard of Bingen did. She's c- credited for writing the first ever musical actually in history. Oh wow. And it was about the virtues and vices and she would have the sisters in the convent perform as their primary vice that oh, they wow. struggled with. Dang. It was very, very method acting. <laughs> Wrecked. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Is there a, a musical that you could think of that would be like a stellar example of of not subversion, of like leaning, uh, push, you know, in influencing people in the right direction? Sound of music. Sound well, of music. Even Sound of Music's not perfect. It's kind of subversive in its own right. Yeah. There really isn't any. Not that I could think of. That's sad. What There's, about... What about the opera? same thing about movies too? What about, what about operas opera? are horrible. The ring operas cycle. are like super immoral. Like there are musical. Figaro? Most musicals Come are better. On. Figaro, dude. Most musicals are better than operas. Oh uh, wait, whoa, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fantasia. Fantasia is great. Yeah, Fantasia. Whoa, um, whoa, wait, is that an ex- exception to the rule? I mean, what? What'd my you just my, say? my favorite musical, real quick, is uh, I just I just figured out what my favorite musical is. It's Newsies. I love Newsies. Newsies. That's my favorite musical as of right now. I I reserve the right to change my mind later. I could not tell by your hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually this hat was from a Mary Poppins costume. Yeah, I dressed up like like uh, Bert from Mary Poppins. Speaking of Mary Poppins, what about Mary Poppins one or the sequel? I didn't see the sequel. I haven't seen the sequel. Very good, by the way. Um, we watched the sequel. It was good. I'll rewatch it tonight. Yeah, I need to rewatch it. I'll let you know. I feel like it probably is the first originally. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay. The the um, the, you should watch the sequel. You should uh, let me know what you think about <gasps> the sequel. Yes, Chris. Yes, you're right. A Man of La Mancha is pretty conservative. I love Man of La Mancha. <laughs> there's like uh, there's a little bit. There is some scenes that are like, kind of, uh, a little. 
raunchy, but it's not raunchy for the sake of raunchiness. It's a sake. It's for to get across a moral point. It's trying to get you to realize, recognize the beauty of people who are living in immoral lifestyles. Not that the immorality is good, but the person is good. Man of La Mancha is a great musical. That might be my favorite. I'm well, see. I reserve my mind. I reserve West the right Side to change my mind. Story is actually not that subversive. Now that I'm thinking about it, which one? West Side Story. Uh, okay, so it depends. And Joe doesn't like Romeo and Juliet, so no. Uh, but I think it's great. So what? Know. What about Hamilton? Hamilton is very subversive, Extremely but it's a great musical. I love it. I, I listen to the soundtrack like twenty times. It's literally about the American I, Revolution for I crying love, out loud. I love how how uh, you're so in love with musicals that you will ignore all of this subversive stuff. No, it's not ignoring it. It's <laughs> recognizing like, it, being being able to enjoy it anyways. Uh huh. Okay. Sure. Why not? Oliver. I don't have never seen Oliver. I have no idea. Oliver's good. Oliver's a good musical. I don't know if Oliver it's kind of like yeah. It's kind of like um. It's kind of like Annie, but about boys and about and more dark. It's a very dark version of Annie, but with a boys' orphanage. Remember when Adrian said he didn't know that many musicals? <laughs> yeah, I remember that part. Uh, and, what about Annie itself? I like Annie. Annie's, Annie's, Annie's probably good. good. Yeah, Annie's pretty Annie's good. It's really cute. Yeah. I like Annie. Did you, did you guys see the film version from the 80s? Yeah. 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 That was good. Uh Lori said Christian Bale was a star of Newsies movie. Not that Newsies. The the new Newsies. I actually don't really like the Christian Bale Newsies that much, to be honest. The the new one that just came out on Broadway, that one. That's really good. All right. Well, there Let's you go. See. What did we accomplish here? I don't know. Other than Adrian gives a hard pass to subversive content because it's entertaining. Well, just like the movies. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're not wrong about that. Praise be to God that is going to do it for... The after show. It's always fun to chat about whatever comes up organically and just let it go. We go down the rabbit holes that uh, that just kind of happen. And that's part of the fun of it. So praise be to God. Thank you for hanging out with us. Do us a favor and share our video feeds um, and our show. We'd be grateful to you. All right? Tomorrow, tomorrow's conversation is going to be with an expert in the cartels and their occult practices. And human smuggling and trafficking and the border crisis. He's a former U.S. Marshal, and uh, it's going to be a great conversation. Hopefully you'll join us for that and share that as well. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you then. 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Thank you for joining us.